<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Tuesday, February 18th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Today... The popular quiz show gaming app HQ Trivia shut down with little warning. It looks like Bioshock, all the Bioshocks, Catherine, and XCOM 2 might be making their way to Switch. And the creator of the Gran Turismo series thinks 4K might just be enough. HQ Trivia suddenly shuts down. HQ Trivia was a mobile game that released in 2017 that really genuinely did something unique and interesting, but it was unfortunately rather suddenly shut down on February 14th, Valentine's Day last week, and there has been some controversy surrounding what exactly went down within the company. So if you've never played HQ Trivia, or if, I mean, I guess now you've Missed your chance, unfortunately, but uh, if you've never played it, this is how it worked. It was a mobile game that you downloaded on your phone, and twice a day it would broadcast a live game show with a real human host, usually Scott Rogowski, who I will talk more about in a bit. And everyone watching would play simultaneously. You had 10 seconds to answer a series of trivia questions, and if you answered every question correctly, you would split this uh, this big pool of money with everyone else who had made it to the end. So if like that day's prize was like $1,000 and 1,000 people made it all the way to the end, then everyone would get a dollar. Personally, I, I never made it to the end, but I still, I still had a good time with it. It was a strange experience, and there was a, a period of a few weeks where I really got into it. Unfortunately, though, it suddenly shut down on Friday, effectively laying off its staff of 25 people, which is uh, always a bummer. And I just want to wish my good luck to uh, everyone who was affected by that. Despite its success at its height, the company had its struggles prior to last week. It was co-founded by Vine co-creator Colin Kroll, who died of a drug overdose in 2018. Carrie Flynn, reporting on the closure for CNN Business, wrote, CEO Russ Yuzapov said in a company-wide email on Friday that lead investors are no longer willing to fund the company and so effective today, HQ will cease operations and move to dissolution. In the email, which was obtained by CNN Business, Yusupov also disclosed that the company had hired a banker to help find additional investors and partners to support the expansion of the company. He said the company had received an offer from an established business and was expected to close the deal on Saturday, but the potential acquisition fell through. So I mentioned Scott Rogowski earlier. He was uh, one of the hosts for HQ Trivia. He was arguably HQ Trivia's most recognizable host, but he left the company back in April. He tweeted some uh, uh, interesting thoughts when all this went down. On Saturday, February 15th, Rogowski shared a 2016 tweet from Russ Yusupov that read, don't sell your company. And then 
Scott added his own comment that read, don't let him run your company, to which Yusupov replied just the word hugs. And then (laughs) Rogowski replied, and this is where things get interesting. Russ, you are a clinical sociopath. As much as the HQ employees didn't care for your leadership, which twice drove the company into the ground, we care about you as a fellow human. Please seek treatment from a mental health professional and get the help you need. Hugs indeed. So, (laughs) um, uh, needless to say, Rogowski was not a fan of Yusupov's leadership. HQ trivia was undoubtedly an interesting idea that was working well at its height. I had a good time with it, and you know, maybe now someone can take what was uh, an undeniably interesting idea and do something similar with it. Fingers crossed. It looks like the Bioshocks, all the Bioshocks, XCOM 2, and Catherine might be making their way to Switch. The South Korean Video Game Ratings Board, the uh, Game Rating and Administration Committee, is always a good place to seek out information about potential unannounced video games, and a number of exciting releases have recently been discovered. Ishan Sadev reported on the discoveries for Silicon Era, where Switch ratings for something called XCOM 2 Collection... Bioshock, Bioshock 2, Bioshock Infinite, and then something called Bioshock colon The Collection and Catherine colon Full Body were all found. XCOM 2 Collection is probably XCOM 2 and it's, you know, various updates and expansions. And then the Bioshocks are probably going to be sold individually or there will be like a, you know, a one box set that has all of them, which is probably the uh, what the Bioshock The Collection is. That that's something that the Resident Evil Switch ports did. Like you can buy every Resident Evil game individually, but they also like if you go to the store, you can find a box set that has all of them in uh, in one box, which is nice. And then uh, Catherine Full Body is the recent Catherine re-release that included additional content that came to PlayStation Four, um, and it was also actually released in Japan exclusively on Vita as well. None of these are official. This is not an official announcement, but they all seem like games that could reasonably come to Switch, and the South Korean ratings board has a pretty good track record of leaking games early like this. I'm actually not a big XCOM guy myself, but that game being on Switch is is well overdue. I do love Bioshock, though, and I skipped the uh, Bioshock 2 and Bioshock Infinite DLC, which I hear from uh, many sources are just all fantastic. Uh, If it comes to Switch, I would love to use that as an excuse to revisit all that stuff I missed the first time around. Gran Turismo's next technical hurdle is frame rate, as opposed to resolution. The Gran Turismo series has always been a technical showcase powerhouse for Sony's family of consoles since it originally debuted on the PlayStation in 1997. The release of new Gran Turismo entries have been moving further and further apart, though, with the especially with the last two releases, Gran Turismo 6 in 2013 and Gran Turismo Sport in 2017 released four years apart. Developer Polyphony Digital and longtime series producer Kazunori Yamauchi haven't revealed a timeline or any real solid details about what's next for the series, but Yamauchi did recently talk about some technical goals he has for the series. Andrew Evans, writing for GTPlanet.net, reports on a roundtable discussion Yamauchi participated in with Australian media where the topic of Gran Turismo came up, and he talked a little bit about what's next. 
uh, here's a quote from Yamauchi. I think display resolution-wise, 4K resolution is enough. Rather than a spatial resolution that you're talking about, I'm more interested in the advancements we can make in terms of the time resolution, in terms of frames per second. Rather than staying at 60 FPS, I'm more interested in raising it to 120 FPS or even 240 FPS. I think that's what's going to be changing the experience from here on forward. So personally, I, I'm not I'm not a big simulation racing guy, but I love what uh, Yamauchi is getting at here, and I, I totally agree with him. The next generation of consoles is already bragging about 8K resolutions, but I, even now, I kind of struggle to see the substantial benefits of 4K. Anytime there's the opportunity to choose between visual fidelity and performance, you know, essentially choosing whether to play a game in 4K or to play it at 60 FPS, I always go performance. I will always take the frame rate boost over the resolution boost. I hope uh, Yamauchi isn't the only developer that feels this way. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here are the new games that came out today. Bayonetta and Vanquish 10th Anniversary Bundle is out today for PS4 and Xbox One for $39.99. As the word bundle implies, uh, the package collects two of Platinum's classic games and releases them for the first time on current-gen consoles. The games also run in 4K at 60 frames per second on PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. I am very happy to see both of these games get re-released. They're both beloved by those who have played them, but... It kind of it feels like neither of them has ever quite been able to obtain, you know, like mainstream success. Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2 are planned for re-release on Switch at some point in the future, and Bayonetta 3 is currently in development for Switch, but it has been ages since we have heard any details about it. I would say, you know, maybe Platinum will sneak a Bayonetta 3 tease somewhere in their re-release, but it would be kind of weird to tease something on PlayStation and Xbox One for a game that is at least currently, only coming to Switch. Hunt Showdown is out today on PlayStation 4 for $39.99, and it's it's one of those games that has had an odd development trajectory, but not through any fault of its own. It was originally being developed by Crytek USA and was going to exist within the Darksiders universe, but then the that studio was closed and development was shifted to a different Crytek branch. It's a cooperative shooter that takes place in the late 1800s where you, as a bounty hunter, must work together and compete with other bounty hunters to track down monsters. The game was originally announced in 2014 
And uh, it released a few months ago on Steam and Xbox. Like, it left early access on those platforms. But the uh, the PlayStation 4 version kind of feels like, you know, like a finish line, you know, to a certain degree. Like, the game is officially out on all platforms now, uh, which is which is good. It's supposed to be a good game. I haven't spent a lot of time with it, but uh, I've, I've always heard good things about it. The Kingdom Hearts series is difficult to follow, and the titles are easy to make fun of, so I'm just going to skip spending some time doing that. But uh, Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 Remix and Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue are all out today for Xbox One. 1.5 and 2.5 Remix includes a whole bunch of stuff, including... Uh, finalized HD versions of Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 with all the additional content that has been added through the years. It also has the Game Boy Advance game Chain of Memories, the PSP game Birth by Sleep, and it also gathers all the uh, cinematics and pumps them up into HD resolution, uh, like all the cinematics that were on the DS game, 3, 5, 8 days over 2, and recoded. And then there's... 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue includes an HD version of the 3DS Kingdom Hearts game Dream Drop Distance. It also includes Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, A Fragmentary Passage, which is a short episode that bridges the gap between Dream Drop Distance and Kingdom Hearts 3. And it also, like it, uh, actually, they built it in the Kingdom Hearts 3 engine. Like it actually came out before Kingdom Hearts 3. It's this little episode you can play. And then there's also Kingdom Hearts Kai Back Cover, which is a film that details the events of Kingdom Hearts Kai, which was a browser game that serves as a, it's kind of like a Kingdom Hearts prologue of sorts. These releases actually sort of uh, snuck up on us. Weirdly, 2.8 final chapter prologue's release date was well known, but the other bundle, arguably, you know, the better and more interesting bundle that has Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, that date was not confirmed but the games appeared on the New Zealand Microsoft Store early Monday morning, confirming that they would be making their way to other regions after, you know, just a, a period of time. This marks the first time the full Kingdom Hearts collection of games will be available on the Xbox. I I played and enjoyed Kingdom Hearts on PS2, and I really liked Kingdom Hearts 2, you know, when it released on PS2, to the point where, like, if anyone asked about the series and showed interest in playing, I would always, I would just tell them to skip the first one and just play 2, which is probably heresy among Kingdom Hearts fans. But, uh, man, I, I bounced off 3. I made it through the Toy Story world, and I was exploring Tangled when I just sort of lost interest at it doesn't help that it came out right around the same time as the Resident Evil 2 remake, which in terms of like those two games competing with each other, Resident Evil 2 just grabbed my attention more. Uh, I'd like to go back to it at some point, though. The story is nonsense to me at this point, and I and I have no hope of catching up, but I, I like the combat enough to kind of keep playing, and I just, you know, it's fun to just hang out in Disney World. So, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll probably finish it someday. I don't know, maybe... I am still making my way through Kunai on Switch, and now I have a rocket launcher that I can shoot at my feet, and it like launches me into the air. I'm uh, nearing the end, but I'm, man, I'm still having a good time with it. There, there are some expensive upgrades you can purchase for your sword, which are all optional, but I think I'm going to try and see if maybe I can get some of those before tackling the final boss. I also did check out a little bit of Bleeding Edge, the online character melee action game from Ninja Theory. I made it through the tutorials, and I felt like I had a handle on the basics, but um, when it came down to it, I decided to start watching Paranoia Agent on Funimation, which I've, I've never watched before, but I've always wanted to. 
Uh, so I did that instead of, you know, playing a couple online matches with, with the plan that I would, you know, wake up and play it in, in the morning. But, uh, when I went to log in, the beta window was closed and it doesn't <laughs> reopen until March. So, uh, oops. Uh, so I, I can't speak much to the gameplay outside of the tutorial, but I will say that the animation of that game is freaking fantastic. All the characters move really well, and there's this one lady with giant bird legs that moves like a chicken. It's a it's a bizarre game, and I am bummed that I didn't plan out my day properly to at least get one online match in. When, it, when the beta rolls back around, I'm going to try to jump in for sure. And hey, that's it for today. As always, I want your feedback. Feel free to bug me on Twitter at Kyle M. Hilliard. My DMs are open, so you can send me some feedback there. Or you can email me at kyle at ridehome.info. I want to read your emails. Maybe I'll even read them here if you if you guys have interesting stuff to ask me or to say. Um, I also want uh, corrections. If, if there are any corrections that you want to send me, I'll take those too, please. And just some more uh, self-plugs here. You can always hear me on the MinMax show for more long-form video game discussions. That's min-max with two N's. And uh, I stream pretty regularly at Kyle Impersonator. That's my Twitch handle there. I'm uh, making my way through Metroid Prime right now, uh, which I'm enjoying, but I'm heading toward the finish line, so I might play uh, Zelda something next. We'll see. Thanks to Brian McCullough and James Welsh for everything related to the show, and thanks to Joel Moore, who made all the music for the Gaming Ride Home podcast. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. 